Derek Noel. Ah, tonight we're gonna go off script again. We're gonna start a series as we move through the Friday through Sunday. I believe we'll incorporate Friday through Sunday into what we are discussing now. We're moving into the revelation. And tonight we're gonna do part one, now. <laughs> That's the title of tonight's message, now. We're gonna pray, and I'm gonna give a shout out to a few friends, thank you. Hey David, it's good to know you're still out there. We've been concerned, I haven't been able to reach you. I pray that you are able to listen and, or even tune in and watch our, our show. I mean, it, it would just mean a lot to me if, if you are able to do that. Um, I went to his home, as a matter of fact, when we went to this new platform, and I made every attempt to make him comfortable with his smartphone, but he was really struggling with it. And, and, and you know how we are old folk with new toys and new technology. I mean, we just... Thank God I've got children and grandchildren around me because otherwise I'd be as lost as most of you. But, you know, anyway, moving along, we are, we are here, and it's amazing. I, I was watching the news today, and uh, I looked at Israel. You know, I wanted to see, you know, you saw the explosion in Beirut. Okay, wait a minute here, okay? That cloud, okay, we saw... Should I do this now? Yes. Okay, we saw the cloud that the ammonium nitrate would make. It was a clayish, uh, brown uh, cloud that was above everything when everyone started tuning in. And then a short time thereafter, you saw some sparks come up out of the plume of the fire, and then that thing detonated. And I don't, that could not have been ammonium nitrate fertilizer. Okay, and the, the, the talk behind the water cooler today is that, you know, we knew that Iran was bringing things in for Hezbollah. But Israel's been, I've been watching this for a long time. Israel has been actually, when they bring shipments of missiles in, I mean, let's face it, you, no matter how you disguise it, it's still a box with, you know, something that long on it. So. Israel has been pretty consistent in knocking them out. So Iran decided to build a factory or two there in Lebanon so that they could, you know, bring in parts. I mean, you can bring in small, you can bring in anything in a bag of beans or whatever. You understand what I'm saying. You can bring parts in and, and Israel wouldn't be able to recognize it. And that's what they've been doing. So Israel's been playing cat and mouse. You know, they go up through the hills Okay, you know, up there where Hezbollah, and from what I hear, it was a ammunition storage depot that Hezbollah operated. It's just speculation, okay, and you know, people will speculate, and heaven knows we are living in the age of speculation, but the point I'm making is that this, I don't know if it was, you know, Israel, denied any involvement immediately they have been I've uh, been watching the news down there and they're offering their hospitals are offering to help because that wave that blast that went through that city 
Um, it caused an earthquake. It, it just seemed like a little bit more than anything we've seen conventional. You know what I'm saying? Okay? No matter how you look at it. And if you look at the angles of, uh, I saw an angle where you could see the mushroom cloud. It just doesn't linger. It didn't pick up a whole bunch of dirt and all that stuff, but the wave was there. And it's, it's the most amazing thing. What was it? We'll find out soon enough, won't we? Okay, but whatever it was, it was more than ammonium nitrate fertilizer, okay? You know, it's, it's a fertilizer. We, we found out that you can make bombs out of it and stuff and mix it with, you know, other stuff. But in any event, um, it's, it's alarming. It's very alarming. And the point I'm making is that we are talking about Israel and we are talking about Persia. We are talking about Syria. We are talking about Russia and we are talking about Turkey. And that's where we are now. We are confronting the beginning of the revelation. Someone might say the revolution. No, it's the revelation of the Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, just when his popularity is waning across America, let me tell you, he's about to make his presence known to mankind because the church will be here. We're going to start uh, from where we are and we're going to start moving forward. And the church will be here, okay, when he is, when the Antichrist is revealed, okay? More to come. Let's pray. Make us witnesses of your divine power, O oh God. We, we, we thank you for your favor. We have, have found favor in your eyes. You have given us your grace and shown us great mercy. Without it, O oh God, where would we be? We, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone had turned into their own way. But we're just a mess. We are sinners. We are shapen in sin. Oh God, we know that, that, that without a Savior we would have no hope. And when we were yet without strength in due time, you died for us. And now you made us aware of it, that, that all, everything necessary, you did all of the heavy lifting for our redemption. We thank you for dying on the cross for us in our stead, doing what we couldn't do for ourselves, you did for all of us. And we are grateful, O oh God, we thank you for dying for our sin. We thank you for your glorious resurrection. We thank you for your indwelling spirit, for he maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, O oh God. We thank you that you who search the heart know what is the mind of the spirit, because he makes intercessions for us saints according to your will. So Father, we thank you for the order that you have established in your Godhead, and we thank you for the simplicity of our salvation. You did it all, and all we have to do is accept your love and kindness and generosity toward us. So we are thanking you for your grace. We are thanking you for your mercy. We ask that you'd bless our families. Lord, we have loved ones that will die in their sin, and, and, and we, we dread their fate. So we ask you now, O oh Lord, that you will turn their captivity. Lord, soften their hearts so that we can, can help to let your light so shine that they might see our good works. So bless us, O oh God. Cleanse us of our sin. We pray that you'd heal our nation. We pray for our, our president, O oh God. He is bearing such a heavy burden. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will continue to bless and strengthen him. He is still 
our leader, and we thank you for our leader. We thank you for the stands that he take for your name, O oh God. We thank you. We are proud of what he has done for the church and for the nation of Israel, O oh God. We thank you for our president, and we ask that, Lord, what thou doest, please do quickly. It seems like we are destined to fail, O oh God, but we ask that you would restore us now to that place, that prominent place, but, oh God, we ask that you would do it for us tonight through this broadcast, that we might go and do it for others. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. We're going to start where we are right now. And there are several passages of scripture I'm going to read. Uh, it'll be a lot of Bible heavy because my buddy Ken was, you know, at, at Monday night Bible study this past Monday. You know, he, he kept pushing the envelope. He was asking some complicated questions about the end time. And something came up and came out that, that helped me also, you know, even though I was the one speaking because what we actually ended up looking at, and he had this air of skepticism in his eye. This is just me talking about my friend. But, but nevertheless, um, you know, um, tonight we're going to clear that up, but we're just doing an introduction, and we're going to go through these passages in great detail as, as we go forward into this revelation, um, one, two, three, four, who knows how many, chapters we will have of it, but we're going to move forward and we're beginning with now. Now we all know that the Bible told us and warned us about a time such as this where, where men will be lovers of their own selves, just thinking about self-centeredness, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. You know the passages. And it also tells us that in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and the doctrines of demons, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And, and so there are many passages that give us this warning, but it's more than a warning, it's, it's prophetic. And it's telling us that you'll know you in the end time when you see these things. And, and one such passage that is probably the greatest blessing to us is that passage of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, you see what happened? Paul wrote the first letter to them and, and thanking them for their faith and the like, but he, he gave them a clear picture into the rapture, okay? You know, he talked about them concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as others that have no hope. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That passage, okay? And he talked about the rapture, okay? That the dead in Christ shall rise first, and, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he said, comfort one another with these words. But it did not comfort that group in Thessalonica, okay? They thought since the, the rapture was imminent, they, they looked at it and said, well, it's got to be immediate. So they began to sell their possessions when you look at the narrative and they began to, 
to, to just go about it. I mean, if I knew Jesus was coming back next week, my priorities would change. What a terrible thing for me to have to say. But I think every one of us would, would actually reshape our priorities yet and still. Even though we know Jesus and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry, we're not expecting him tonight. You know I'm telling the truth in here and that you're hoping that there's still some more stuff that got to happen. Because if, if Jesus was coming tonight, we'd have to break off all of our plans. Like Lot had to leave everything, man. When those two angels blinded everybody outside in Sodom, you, you know, that, that we've upstaged them. But you know what I'm talking about, okay? The angels told him, look, tomorrow morning when the sun come up, this place is going down, okay? All of it. So he jumped in his chariot and he took off. You know, he was a government official, so he had access to... To noteworthy transportation, I'm sure. And Lot went through the city to his first daughter and her husband and their family's house. And they thought he was joking. Go somewhere, man. It's late. We go. Come on. We're going back to bed. He drove all that. Then he jumped back in his chariot and get to the other daughter and son-in-law's house. And they also chided with him a little bit. Come on, man. We're not trying to hear that right now. Okay, it's just not, I mean, you know, the same things they're saying to us. He went back home with just enough time to, to grab his two daughters and his wife, and the angels gave him one instruction, don't look back. And they dragged him on out of the city, but she couldn't help herself, could she? Okay, we don't even know the lady's name. It just says, remember Lot's wife. In other words, don't look back. If you take a hold of the plow, you ought to keep on holding on, okay? Don't look back. You know, all of us have, have, you know, I mean, how many times did you pray that salvation prayer, okay? Because at some point you say to yourself, wait a minute, you know, I don't feel like I'm in here just quite yet because I'm still, you know. But guess what? You're still now, and you will be still until you die, and that's where we are in the Scripture. Now, the first thing that it tells us with the now is that there will be a falling away, all right? Here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, after Paul scared him with the first letter, he didn't mean to, and that's how he starts uh, chapter 2, okay, of, of, of 2 Thessalonians. He said, you know, I didn't mean to frighten you guys with all of this stuff, okay? He says in verse 3, though, of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, we're talking about the day of the rapture. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Look at that sequence of events. There's going to come a falling away first, he says, and that man of sin be revealed. It says it plainly. I've been reading this for all of these years, and it's only sometime in the last couple of years. It's kind of like, oh, my goodness. So we're going to find out who the Antichrist is before we leave, the son of perdition. We don't find out who he is by him going into the temple of God, claiming that he is God. That happens three and a half years after we leave. But he negotiates the peace treaty between Israel and her neighbors, why are they going to need a peace treaty? They need one now, but in a minute they're really going to need one, okay? Because Iran keeps trying to get 
right over there in the Golan Heights. You see, that's the high ground over Israel. Oh boy, thank God Israel got that from Syria during, you know, back in 1967, they took the Golan Heights from, from Syria. And now um, the president has given them license to not just annex it, but claim it as their own because it always was a part of Israel before. And President Trump says, we recognize it as a part of Israel. Boom. So where they are actually staging off from, where Iran is trying to build what we would call a beachhead, is actually Trump Heights. You know, that alarms a lot of people. They love him down there. The man's approval rating in Israel was 71% the last time. Earlier this year, you can only imagine, okay? No one has had a 71% approval rating, okay? So if Israel loves Donald Trump, then you know what? I'm going to love Donald Trump. Because God said that he'll bless them that bless Israel and curse them that curse Israel. Which side are you on when it comes to Israel? So I believe what God has said. So our nation had been doing well. Okay, we were doing fine. Okay, and now judgment has come. And, oh, I've got some news for you about this judgment. We're going to work our way through now. Trust me, it's only 8.14. But, but, but I, I want you to think about this. Okay? We're finding out that, that this COVID-19 is particularly harsh to African Americans, okay? Now, I told you before, whatever God is doing, it'll reveal itself. We'll know who the day after the Passover, I'm talking about the initial Passover, Okay, what the feast is patterned after when they took the blood and they struck it, okay, on the side post and, you know, on the lentil, okay? And when he said the death angel is going to come through and when he sees the blood, he'll pass over you. So all of the homes that had blood, and, and you know there were Egyptians who did it also because they already knew that God was God. I mean, after the first one with the blood, he had me right there. You understand what I mean? Then there was lice and flies and frogs and all kinds of, I mean, you know, you gotta have hail fall and hit the ground and turn to fire before you believe that he is God. Come on now. So all I'm saying is there were a lot of Egyptians who, who were doing the stuff that God told his people to do to make sure it's, it passed over them too. And, and all of them were booted out. But the bottom line is this. The next day after, okay, there was a cry. He said there'll be a cry across Egypt where every family is going to be touched. And they'll be screaming out the next day. And somebody's going to yell, who died? And you're going to say, my firstborn. And you say, well, who died over there? My firstborn. And, and by the end of the day, even the cattle and the dogs and the cats, firstborn of everything, the ants and all that kind of stuff, that's what he did. And God can be specific. So the point I'm making is you'll find out eventually who was being judged. You know, and my Bible says that my God says that it would be better for you if you had not known me than to know me and turn your back on me because I'm a jealous God. That's a serious emotion. Okay, we got that from him. And it doesn't go well when we exercise it too much. You know what I mean? Human beings, okay, those are the calls that law enforcement do not want to answer. You know, something domestic, no. You know, that's where people get hurt. Okay? And that's, you know, so, but the, the point I'm making is God 
says that he's a jealous God. And the jealousy at some times might be related to the enormity of the love. And he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son for us. Do you realize it was a permanent change? Okay. God the Father retained, you know, everything in his Godhead, but he is spirit. He is invisible personality. God the Holy Spirit, same. Okay. They're both fully God. But guess what? God the Son looks like me. Okay. Do you see the family resemblance? Yes. Okay. Jesus and I are related. Okay. So I just want you to know, and I hope you are my relative too. Now, coming back to our, our lesson. The Bible talks about this falling away. Okay? So people are going to fall away from the faith. What do you see happening now? Is this it or what? We thought they were falling away before, but they weren't. The churches are shut down. I mean, come on, there might be five or six churches in the whole city of Cleveland that are operating. Okay? These guys have, have I mean, they got fooled. Okay, you really got duped. Okay, How, what would make you shut the church down? Fear. See, that's what you get for trusting in science. Yeah, I'm talking to all of y'all at home at Bedside Baptist worshiping on Sunday morning. Isn't that, and you're not going back, are you? I mean, you can get used to bedside. I mean, I don't have to dress up. I don't have to leave the house. I mean, I can give on Givelify. I can give, put money in somebody's cash app. Boom. Okay. In fact, then you start wondering, well, wait a minute, since the lights ain't on over there, why am I tithing 100% of what? Uh, huh? And before you know it, everything falls apart. You have no faith. Okay. Maybe it's not you, it's your leaders because you can't go where the door is locked. But I understand. Okay. Find yourself a church. Okay. I'm not talking about one that'll be coming back when Dr. Fossey say it's okay. Okay. Jesus said, occupy until I come. Okay, you never should have shut it down. That's just the way it is. And now that you've shut it down, uh, the people are saying, we're not coming back until there's a vaccine. That comes in Revelation part two. Oh boy, you know, what if I were to tell you, okay, don't forget, we're here and now. Just a, a couple months ago, we did a piece on this new vaccine. Okay, where the nanoparticles, the micro, it's not a big chip that they got to put under your skin anymore. They can give you that, you can get the, the microchip particles in a vaccine. And that's where they've been doing it. I told you they did the entire nation of Bangladesh. I think that's 176 million people or something like that over there. It's a lot of people over there. And, and, and they agreed to be chipped, okay with, you know, a lot of the vaccines that, that were needed over there. And, and you know, so now, we, and here in America, in Austin, Texas, and the like, they've been chipping a lot of the homeless and the like. So what if they were to tell you, okay, you say, I'm not getting microchipped. There's nothing, to I know what the Bible says about the mark of the beast, and I'm not going to be microchipped by golly by anybody, just like I'm not going to let them take my guns. Yep, sure. But the point is this. If they say that now you have to wear a mask. For a while, some of the retailers, you know, held out and didn't, you know, enforce and so on and so on. But you see what's happening now. Now, what if the next step they, they come out and say, well, you know, it's time for you. If everybody wear a mask 24-7, don't take it off. Sleep in it. Stay, wear it in the house. I bet you you 
I'm not going to call you any names. I was about to call you some names. I bet you would jump right on board, wouldn't you? Because you're looking for some kind of hope, and you trusted in science, and science brought us to where we are. So you might as well stay with science and follow it all the way through. But the problem with science, it's so imperfect that we're learning as we go along with science. Why don't you just trust God who precedes science? He is omniscience. Okay? That's what the word omniscience. Okay? All of it. He is God. This is his business. He is the one that did this. I told you guys from the start. And the reason is this. It would be better for you if you had not known me than to know me and turn your back on me because I'm a jealous God. 30 years ago, the African-American community was in church, okay? Now we got more. We're leading the world in transgenderism, huh? What a terrible way down. We are boarding. We have aborted half of our population, and the Democrats are saying, hooray, look at what a wonderful coup we've had on these people, okay? You don't even understand what's going on in the world around you, okay? The people that have sworn to kill us are the people who we've put ourselves in their hands. They run the cities where all of the violence is. They are the ones that we support. Did you hear what Joe Biden said yesterday? Jesse, did you hear Joe Biden said something yesterday? He said, it, it went something like this. Uh, he said, well, you know, black people, uh, they're not very diverse in their thinking, okay? That's what it sounded like to me. He said, but the Latinos, you know, they have many different viewpoints and the like. So in other words, we got to cater to them. And, and uh, But the Negroes are all going to get in line. Last time it was 91% that supported Barack Obama. And that man was, I better stop right there, goodness gracious, okay? Ooh, he was on the other side of the Bible. Please understand. But you know, anyway, let me get back to my point. I already angered enough of you. Okay? But we got to get this right. Consider your ways. We are in the end time. This is Revelation number one. Now, this passage in, in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tell us that we'd have that falling away and, and it tells us what the Antichrist does. Okay, this is very important. We are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, it calls him the son of perdition. It says he's going to be revealed. Who opposeth and exalteth himself. So he opposes and he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God, okay? That is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. When he stands in the holy place, Matthew 24, 15, it's speaking of this same man, okay? That man, okay? It just tells you who he is. Here in, 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 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it just reveals him. It, it tells you what he does. Okay, the task of the Antichrist. He goes into the temple of God. The Jews are going to reconstruct the temple. And, you know, they said with a lot of the plans that they have already, they can construct the temple in six months if they prefab everything. You know, they even built the altar of sacrifice. They just don't know where to place it in the courtyard. So they said when, when the Lord is ready, Jehovah will tell us, okay, 
where to place because it has to be placed in the exact location and God didn't give that information to anyone yet. So they have the altar of sacrifice. I watched one time the Temple Institute wield it out there and they had it in the courtyard. You know, they can be brazen with that stuff now and not have to worry about rocks raining down on them from up on the hillside, you know. Alaska, you know, where all them Palestinians are, and they didn't want the Jews coming around there. But Donald Trump came on the scene, and he has emboldened the nation of Israel because we moved our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Bada boom, bada bing. And that began a, a, a new chapter of prophecy, okay, when the president did that, okay, because Jerusalem came back into play at that particular moment, Luke 21 and 24 is that particular prophecy and Donald Trump brought that to pass so here we are today and we can look at Revelation now because it's yet in the front window but in a minute it'll be right overhead and then we'll be looking back for the seven-year tribulation period now so it tells you in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 that don't be deceived for that day will not come except there's a falling away first and then the man of sin will be revealed, all right? Then it describes what he does, okay? Then he goes on to say this. In verses 6 and 7, it's quite interesting, but here's what he says in these verses, okay? He says, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, okay? What this passage is telling us, that the Holy Spirit and the church is hindering the Antichrist from coming. He cannot come until we leave, okay? And that's what this is all about. So verse 6 and 7 again says, And now we know what withholdeth, what is holding him back, that he might be revealed in his time. It says this in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now hinders, the word letteth mean hinder. He who now letteth will let. He who now hinders will hinder until he be taken out of the way. When the church is raptured, it is only then, the Bible says, and then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Okay? That's what it says. We're in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And the Bible says that the church and the Holy Spirit is hindering the Antichrist. Could you imagine a waterfall being restrained, okay, until we get out of the way? And then there'll be an avalanche of sin and unrighteousness. And it'll be like nothing you've ever seen. But check this out. At that particular moment, it seems as though there's no more grace because grace is going to get scarce. Let me explain, okay? Here's what it says. In this same passage, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when you get to verse 10, 11, and 12, it says this. We're wondering, and many have asked me, well, Pastor, if we get raptured out of here, can we leave like, like in the safe where they're expecting to find a will? Can we leave a videotape or, or, or I guess you'd have to call it a jump drive or something now, huh? We used to be CDs and cassettes and all that kind of VHS tapes and all that. No, uh, guess what? Yes, you're thinking, let's leave some breadcrumbs behind so that when we leave, they'll know that that's where we went, okay? Because that's what you want. 
Now, the breadcrumbs is the life that you live now. Will they know that all of the people who trusted in Jesus have been taken out of here, or you a halfway trust agent? Huh? You one of those? Because if you're one of those, you might be just spinning your wheels in the mud. Because a lot of times, you know, our kids and all the rest of them, man, they look at us like hypocrites if we ain't careful. And they love to point out your hypocrisy. You know how it works. Okay? So, so when we look at this, we ask ourselves, okay. Now, he says the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now hinders, okay, will hinder until he's taken out of the way. Okay? Now, this passage tells us, for the people who do not come with us, right here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says this, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, that God is going to send them strong delusion. A strong delusion. You know what that means? That they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So whatever the Antichrist or whatever the government tells you, you're going to fall right in. Oh, okay. And I can spend their money? No taxes? Yes. Okay, whatever it was, that's all that's going to happen. They're going to go on about their business and forget all about you. Okay? Who knows what they're going to tell them? They won't have to tell them anything. You know, a lot of people who die of COVID just almost disappear. Okay? You know, who knows what they're going to tell them? So I want you to listen to what it's saying there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That 10th, 11th, and 12th verse is very, very interesting because it's telling us that after we get raptured, they're not going to believe. You've got to get them now while the blood is still running in your veins and theirs and while you're still here. You've got to witness to them. So we've got to get this thing right because don't go to heaven and walk around a big crowd of people and none of them look like you. Okay, that'd be a terrible, terrible miscarriage of justice, wouldn't it? Huh? Goodness gracious. Okay? Hey, I'll be high-fiving folk. That's what I'm hoping. Okay? But I'm not worried that while I've preached to others, I myself might be a castaway. I've put my trust firmly in Jesus Christ, and I make sure everybody who, who know me and, and trust him too do also. Okay, Jesus is our Lord. He died for us on Calvary. He was buried. He arose again from the dead. He's my champion. I'm standing and rejoicing on the inside right now. So we can endure whatever comes our way. We are not concerned about it because what's next is the most glorious thing that one can imagine. It'll be graduation day. Okay? No, it's more like a wedding day. Okay? Especially when it's... Anyway, what a time, what a day of rejoicing it'll be when we all see Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Huh? Remember that? When we all get to heaven. Now, I want you to stop and think about this for a minute. So if you don't reach them now, they're not going to fall for your breadcrumbs. Okay? They're going to look for your bread, but they're not going to care about the crumbs. Okay? So... Here's what we have. Now, at the midway point 
of the tribulation period, the Jews have clear instructions. Okay? Here is what happens. I'm going to read a little bit from Romans chapter 11. This is very, very interesting, and you need to know it. Okay? It says this in Romans chapter 11, all right, verse 25. It says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. He says, That blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Did you hear what I just said? The blindness in part that has overtaken Israel, okay? It's only until the fullness of the Gentiles are come in. When the church age ends, it ends with the rapture of the Christian church. And when the rapture occurs, okay, immediately as we go up and a cloud receive us, they're not going to see us go. I almost said from their sight, okay? When the rapture occurs, it's a private visitation. The Bible says a trumpet will sound. It's not a traditional trumpet where everybody will hear it and the whole town will jump up. What's all the bright lights? No, that's not the rapture of the church. That's the second coming, okay? The rapture of the church, when he comes, nobody's going to know he came and nobody's going to know we left. We're just going to disappear. You know, there, there is a wonderful passage in, in Matthew, the 24th chapter, where he speaks about it, okay? And, um, you know, he says a lot about it. And um, I have a lot of scripture. He says this in Matthew, um, verse 40 of Matthew 24. He says, Then shall be two in the field, and one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinded at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. What's that speaking of? The rapture. You know that. Where two might be sleeping in the bed. Okay, a husband and his wife. And somebody's taken and the other one left. Lord, have mercy. Okay? Two people sorting packages at the post office or Amazon or somewhere. And one is taken and one is left. Okay, But guess what? Even though they're going to see you go, he's still going to send a strong delusion that they're going to believe a lie. And that's what you have to understand. So at that point, as we go up, the two witnesses come down. He got, he, you remember what I just read? I'll read it again. All right. He says in verse 25 of Romans 11, For I would not, brethren, I wish not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part is happened to Israel. They only blind until the fullness of the Gentiles are come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. Do you understand what's happening here? And it even goes on to mention one of the olive branches. Listen, here's God's plan. Right now, this is the church age. It's time for you to reach all of your Gentile brethren. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your friends, your neighbor, your co-workers, the people next door, everyone. We have to evangelize our community. You know, it's not just... Uh, an act of, of, of self-preservation when you get saved. 
He promised us a reward. As we go through this lesson, probably next next week, I mean, you're going to start seeing, well, wait a minute. We, we witnessed for a reason here, okay? I didn't know that. You know how many people squandered their time in Christianity and didn't lay up any treasure for themselves, okay? You, what do you think we go into the Bema seat for? When we get raptured, we go straight to the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the Bema, okay? And I'm telling you, it's glorious. It's spoken of throughout the scripture in glaring details. I mean, we're going to be rewarded there according to the deeds done in our bodies, our witnessing. That's all that matters to God, okay? If your life that you live and, and, and the faith that you illustrate and demonstrate and people see it, brings them to Christ. Hey, that's what this is all about. Sometimes we're quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry, even though you want to slap somebody down or tell them where to go, but that's not your place to send them there. God wants them to come to heaven. So what do we do? We humble ourselves and we, sometimes it feels like, people feel like they're walking on us almost, you know, like we're running around on our knees begging them to come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just the way it feels sometimes, okay? Because they, they know you, you want to reach them for Christ and they want to drag you through the mud with it. Uh, and you want to tell them where to go. But guess what? That's not in the script. So what do we do? We endure it, okay? And that's, you know, yes, sometimes you might be the laughing stock, but guess what? Ah, boy, he who laughs laughs. <sighs> what a terrible, terrible thing. But nevertheless, I want you to see what's happening here. So God is working with us right now. This is the age of the Gentile. It's called the church. Okay? Now Jews can enter, but this is not their covenant. But God has a plan for them. And when you go to Romans 11, it's spelled out very, very clearly that those branches were broken off that we might be grafted in. But God is able to graft them back in again. And he's going to send a deliverer out of Zion. You know, it mentions the olive branches. He's going to send the two guys down, Elijah and Enoch. And they're going to stand in the streets of Jerusalem. Don't worry, okay? We can look at, at Israel here. Um, we can look at the tribulation saints. But I, I, I want you to know that, that at the midway point of the tribulation period, God's got a plan for the Jews, okay? Because the great tribulation is about to begin. And as I was telling my friend on Monday that Jesus is coming back to reign over physical Jews as well as spiritual Jews. Okay? And Jesus is coming back to reign over physical Gentiles as well as spiritual Gentiles. Please understand that. You've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all those guys. I can't wait to meet David, the king, okay? Um, you know, Jesus saw so much in him, okay, that, that he, he is sitting on David's throne, okay? So that's a high honor. And, and the way we know, we, you know, Jesus is number one. I, I want to see him as he is, and I will be like him too. I mean, I can't wait, but I still have all the mortal guys, you know what I mean, all immortal guys. I just want to meet David and, and see how, you know, what, what's, what is it about this guy, you 
know, and I'm, yeah, just in love, you know what I'm saying. But we all have our preferences and we all have our things. Some of you all want to see what the streets paved with gold look like. Are those bricks, can they be removed? No, they can't be removed and you won't be thinking about that when you get up there, okay? So the bottom line is this. We've heard a lot of crazy, crazy doctrines, but you, get, you have fun when you're in here, okay? Now, at the midway point of the tribulation period, after these two guys have been preaching day and night in Matthew, the 24th chapter, in fact, let me, let me give you some scripture, okay? Now, here is what Matthew 24, 15 says. This is a warning for the Jewish people. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take any clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and, and them that give suck in those days. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation. That's when the great tribulation begins. Listen to this. He has a plan for the Jewish people. The two witnesses are going to turn them to Christ for the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And the Jews have been instructed that this same man that negotiates the peace treaty between Israel and her neighbors, thus allowing the Jews to reconstruct their temple and the like, and allowing the Palestinians to have their homeland, whoever negotiates that treaty, that's the man that's going to go into the temple of God at the midway point of the tribulation period. It's broken into two halves, you know, three and a half years each. And right at the midway point, he goes into the temple of God. Don't worry, it'll be an international incident. Everyone will know. And as soon as he does that, all right, that is the abomination of desolation that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. When he does that, the manure hits the ventilator. And let him that is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. They will have clear instructions to flee the city immediately. Because at that point, the great tribulation begins. And it's the time of Jacob's trouble. And every Jew... From the time a man, a Gentile, goes into the temple of God and defiles it, he says, I'm coming for all of y'all, okay? And at that point, God has a place prepared for them. That's what the Bible tells us. And they will flee to that place where he will nurture them for a time. That's one year. It says, and times, two years. And then the dividing of time, three and a half years from the face of the serpent. Once you get to Revelation chapter 12, it opens that up for you. And it says the devil is going to come after them. But God has a place prepared for them. And he's going to take care of them for three and a half years because they have to make it through. Those will be Jewish people that will be his children that will get to enjoy the millennium and get to reproduce and have children. Now, of the Gentiles that make it through, okay? It's gonna be very, very, very interesting, okay? Because you're on your own. During the tribulation period, you are a Gentile, you're on your own. For the first three and a half years, you're seeing these horsemen of the apocalypse, there'll be war everywhere. It'll be like it is now. That's what's gonna happen. 
I mean, this is crazy right now. It just so happened they got us wearing masks in a minute. What if they were to well, you know, we found out science is telling us that if you wear the mask, okay, and, you know, every two steps hop from your white right foot. Every two steps hop on your right foot, okay. It seems to, to help with the, the, your breathing and, and, and whatever they tell us we're going to do, that's the point I'm making. It makes absolutely no sense. People wearing masks driving down the street in a car. I mean, I, I can't breathe. No offense intended, okay? Now, I'm being criminalized for breathing fresh air, man. Come on, man. Please understand. But you've got to care about your fellow man. I do. But I, I, when I don't breathe, I don't get, I'm not, I don't think clearly. Okay? I might do, people are going crazy out here, you know. You're hyperventilating and stuff, you know. And then all this social, <laughs> all this social distancing is causing a lot of people to go kind of off the reservation a little bit. People are fighting. You say something to somebody about not wearing a mask or you, you know, you start a riot somewhere. Just, that's how bad things are now. They have us where they want us. I've told you, I'm making light of it now because I'm not going back there, not for a little while. You can see it. They're going to try to make us do mail-in voting. So guess what? Prepare to wear your mask until November 4th. Then they'll say, what are you talking about? What mask? <laughs> That's on November 4th after Biden is declared um, you know, president on November. If you have mail-in voting, I guarantee you, okay, they will cheat and he will win if you have mail-in voting, and they know that's the only way they can win. I've been saying it for months already. So they, they're killing people, okay? We could have been using hydroxychloroquine. I still am, I hear doctors in the area can prescribe it now. Ohio allows the doctors to prescribe hydroxychloroquine. Anybody can give me some, please tell me how I can find some. A friend of mine was telling me about a doctor um, down in the Canton area that will prescribe some. And um, they say if you take one pill every two weeks. Now, here he goes with witch doctor science again. It's the only thing that works, okay? But the ph pharmaceutical companies can't make money on it, okay? It's cheaper than aspirin, hydroxychloroquine. And most of the people, I remember they were using it around the world. All the places that used it, everything was fine. But they, you know how it is. It wasn't just because Trump said use it. That was part of it. But you understand. So now, here we are. Here we are. We're at the midway point of the tribulation period. So here's what happened with us. When you go and you go through the, this idea of the Bema seat, that immediately upon us being raptured, we go straight to the judgment seat of Christ where we all will be rewarded based on the deeds done in these bodies since we've been saved. You know, when you get saved, you get a clean slate. All things have passed away. All of your prior sins are gone. Everything is washed away, and you're a new creation. Okay, so you got a new identity. You come to America, you got a brand new identity. Okay, now, you know, I mean, not quite like that, but you know what I mean. We have a better identity than that. But nevertheless, that's who we are. Now we're born again, and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
okay? And I'm standing at the bema seat. And the people near me, okay, I'm going to give you some scripture on this. this. It's imperative that I do it right here. I'm going to 1 Thessalonians for a minute where Paul was speaking to, to the people there. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, allow me to read a verse here. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He says this, to get context in verse 18, he says, Wherefore we would have come unto, uh, unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and our joy. The people that you witness to, the people that you played a part in them coming over to faith, to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is your crown. That is what you're rewarded for, okay? You're rewarded for the deeds done in these bodies after salvation, okay? So the clock starts ticking at the moment that you get saved. Baptism is not just baptism in the water, it's baptism of the Spirit. That's the place where you're born again. The Spirit of God is baptized into you. That is, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ. So many people have no idea what it actually takes to be saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul shares the plan of salvation in the first four verses. He said, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins, according to the Scripture and that he was buried, and that he arose again on the third day, according to the scripture. That is where everlasting life begins. At the cross, at the cross, yes, it's there that you first see the light. It is there that you first receive your sight. Jesus died on Golgotha for you. He died on Calvary's cross. You don't have to understand what transpired. You have to believe first, and after a while, you'll get it. But he died on that tree, on that old rugged cross. He was taken down from that cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he arose again from the dead with all power in his hands. Yes, he did. Jesus did that. And we serve a resurrected Lord. We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. I'm in songwriting mood today. We know that he is living no matter what men may say. I mean, we're talking about Jesus here, and, and you ought to celebrate him. You ought to celebrate knowing him. Now, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and he arose again from the dead, the Bible says the devil also believes, and he trembles. So that's the faith that you need to come and get saved. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, okay, just do it with me right now. That is, if you believe that he is the Christ, he died on that tree for you. He was buried. He arose again from the dead. Do you believe it in your heart? Well, pray with me then. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Almighty God, my heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me so and sending your son Jesus to die for my sins in my place. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Christ. I believe you were born of a virgin. I believe you lived a sinless life. I believe you went to Calvary and died, and you paid the penalty for my sin. I believe you were buried, and I believe you arose again from the dead. And I'm confessing my sins to you, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and save my soul. Lord, thank you. Thank you.
for loving me so and revealing yourself to me. Thank you for making it easy by you doing all of the heavy lifting. You did all of the hard work. Everything necessary for me to be saved, you fulfilled it for me. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for loving me so. Now I ask that you will actually nurture me, O oh God, so that I am able to reach my loved ones with this simple message of salvation and God's love. Thank you for loving me so and giving your son Jesus for me and to me. It's in his name I ask these blessings. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are as saved as anybody else. Okay? Now, you have to understand. Okay? It says this. Just This is just an overview we do doing tonight. It says in Matthew 24, 29 through 31, it says this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. We're talking about the tribulation period is coming to a close. Okay? It closes with complete utter darkness. You know why? Because Jesus is about to burst through. Remember in Matthew 24, in a couple of verses preceding this one, he says, if they say I'm over here or I'm on a tank in Fosteria, Ohio, or they see me in Fatima, Portugal, or any of that stuff, he said, go not forth. He said, I'm not going to be in a secret chamber. He said, when I come, as the lightning shineth from the east all the way to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's what he says. So he tells us, Verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. This is the second coming of Christ. This is not the rapture. We've been in heaven for seven years already while the earth goes through hell down here. It's called the Great Tribulation. The last three and a half years of that. Man, the stuff. Okay, go through our archives and look for the, um, the, the end time prophecy series. I did an exhaustive one. And I mean, some of the bugs and some of that stuff that happens during the tribulation period. I'm glad I won't be here, man. Okay? Because guns won't cut it for these things. Okay? You know, I'm just saying. I don't know what they're going to do down here. Without the Holy Spirit and without the love of God there, you got bugs eight inches long, look like a scorpion stinger, and flies, got the ha woman's hair, long hair on it, okay? I don't want to see a bug that look like that, and when it flies, it chatters, you know. You know, a lo locust, a big locust, you can hear the chattering sometimes as it's flying. Could you imagine? This stuff gives me nightmares, and I'm not even going to be here. And that's all I'm saying. So you might not want to be here either. So he is saying at the end of the tribulation period, we're going to see Jesus coming. And guess what he does then? Okay? And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So he's going to go round up all of the Jews. And this is Jesus coming into Jerusalem, just like he did on Palm Sunday, where they were shouting, you know, Hosanna, save we pray 
Then they'll be shouting hallelujah, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But he's coming back through that same route, this time riding on a white horse instead of a colt, you know, the, the ass of a, you know, instead of a donkey, he's going to be riding a white horse because he's coming as a conquering king. And he's going to ride into Jerusalem and he's going to go into the temple and cleanse it like he did before. That was a preview of a coming attraction. What a mighty God we serve. And guess what? Boom! Then he picks it up here. He says, and he's going to send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together all of the living humans. The Jews have to be judged first, you know, because the gospel came to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. The promises were made to Abraham first. Abraham never got to occupy the full dimensions of the land. Now Abraham is going to come back and he's going to receive his blessing. Could you imagine the Jews are going to receive the inheritance that God has promised them? They'll be living Jewish children, still having children. And they're going to be, oh, the Bible says they're going to live a long time, man. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Could you imagine? The Gentiles are going to do the same. We're probably going to look at some of them on next week. He's going to send his angels out to gather them. And they have to come. And they're going to be judged. Okay? These are not people who are saved. These are people who got tested during the tribulation period and they did not receive the mark and they were helpful to each other. We're going to take a look at that on next week. Okay? So we know the whole story. Don't let anybody tell you the Bible. Listen, the Bible gives us a narrative for the next few thousand years, man. Okay? We can, you know, when, hey, when Jesus comes to the earth, the devil is going to be bound for a whole millennium. Incidentally, that's the duration of time. He'll be bound, so it'll be peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Then he's going to be let out. So we got a lot to talk about, don't we? Hey, you know what? We need some support. There are some things that, that we are attempting to do as it relates to ministry that we are unable to do because we just don't have a lot of the resources necessary to get it done. Um, I am attempting at this particular point with all of the, the financial handicaps that we have to put together a better audiovisual system I'm talking about for Bible study and there is no reason for us not to be able to make our Monday night Bible study more readily accessible to any one of you where you can actually participate with us virtually. But we are, uh, 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 can we say, a smaller church. We are a little fish in a big pond and in a, quite a pond we have in our area. And God has placed us in a wonderful, wonderful area in Cleveland. And the work here is tremendous. We've had our share of ups and downs. We, we still haven't fully recovered from, you know, the fire and the water damage and all of that stuff from the vandalism that we suffered a couple of years ago. But we are still here. And guess what? A lot of nicer buildings are shut down. We've been worshiping every Sunday since the Lord called us into existence the first Sunday of June in 1996. And we haven't missed any Sundays. Even when we had incidents here, we've been broken into many times. They've stolen our commercial air conditioning systems and all of that kind of stuff. We've struggled through and we've made it. We are, we are an oasis 
you know, I look back at some of the old westerns and I see there was a fort, you know. You wonder how in the world they keep that fort going with all of that stuff going on all around them all the time, you know. And that's what we are. We are a, a beacon of light, a city on a hillside that cannot be hit, but we need some financial support. So I'm asking some of you to partner with me now to help me take this thing to the next level. We have a lot of wonderful, wonderful theological truth that I love to share and so much that I want to make readily available to you. But it's just difficult getting a lot of things done when you're financially handicapped and the gospel is hindered. You know, that's what tends to happen. But the saints that are worshiping here now, okay, that are faithful, I take that army into combat with me any day of the week. Okay, just as David has his 400, I've got my 40, and I love him to death. Um, Deacon Ed, the chairman of our deacon board, his mom passed a couple of days ago. Okay, uh, Mary McKinney, I hope I, I can't, I can't afford to mess names up, you know, I'm the name butcher, okay. But nevertheless, his mom passed, and um, so her funeral will be here at the church Wednesday at 10 a.m., um, next Wednesday, okay, and um, we'll be here, and there'll be a message for the heathen that are still alive, okay, and, um, you know, we take no prisoners at funerals, you know, I tell them all the time, go to hell if you must, okay, but I'd rather you not, and uh, that's just the way it is, so pray for us, okay, and Lord willing, you know, I'll hear for some of you, it will be fruit that will abound to your account. If we spend money on ministry, listen, man, we will receive a reward for it. If the ministry is being enhanced with the money that you have invested, any fruit that is born, you will receive your portion of that fruit when we get to the Bema seat. And that's what this is all about. So you do your part, I'll do mine. And Lord willing, we'll continue this Revelation chapter 1 or will lead into chapter 2 and we'll move our way forward from here. God bless you. I love you. And Lord willing, I'll see you next week.